Hey everybody, this is Hunter Williams. Today is going to be episode 125 of the NeuroEdge podcast. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. My sincerest gratitudes go out to you if you're listening to this out there in the world, whether it is around the time that I'm doing this or you're listening to this 10 years, 20 years, 100 years into the future. I appreciate you tuning in to make yourself a better version of who you currently are. The name of today's episode is is called Five Steps to Solve Anything. And this is based on a premise in a book that I recently read by a really, really cool guy named Philip Stutz. He is a political marketer slash business marketer that is the mastermind behind a lot of the most successful political campaigns in the last 20 to 25 years, namely a lot of Republican people, but he kind of talks about that in his book. I don't want to spoil too much of his book, but I thought this was a really cool framework for outlining and understanding how to think about solving problems in the world. So the book itself is about this thing he calls the undefeated marketing system. However, as he talks about in some points of the book, this can be applied to solving problems in any area of your life. And that's what I want to go over today is how do we take this abstract nature of reality around us, of everything that's going on around us that seems to be in random chaos at all times. And we seem to be having to react to all the craziness that is going on in the world. We're just trying to find our way. How do we break that down into an actual process and create architecture and infrastructure systems around our life in order to solve problems? In the end of the day, Life is about growth. Life is about improvement. Life is about solving problems. And if you want to be really good at business, in my limited experience, what I have found is that you can get really good at solving other people's problems and you will always be successful. And it might not pay off immediately, but if you can do that and implement a game plan and infrastructure to do so, it's going to pay off. So that's what I'm going to be talking about today. It's not only in the world of marketing, how we can use these things in the world of business, but also in terms of our life. So how do we create a framework for our life? And I'm, as you know, if you've listened to this podcast whatsoever, I'm big on mental models and using mental models to help us get a better grip on what is going on around us. And so much I think of the pain and suffering and anxiety that we may suffer from is not having a clear plan in place. And I think we, I know for myself that I would be much happier and much better off if I am in an environment where I have a plan and I have micro steps that commit me to achieving that plan. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Before I jump on in, if you don't mind, if you are listening to this, please hop over to iTunes, Spotify, or whatever podcast platform you listen to, or if you listen on YouTube, leave a comment or review or like or anything like that. Just because as you know, in the world dominated by algorithms that we live in, that helps push the algorithm Mm -hmm. and helps get this message out there to help other people. And if you feel that you get some benefit from this, my goal is to create a community of people that also get some benefit from it. And then we can all end up learning and growing from each other. So as always, shameless plug to do that. Now let's hop on into the undefeated marketing system. Also, just as a former athlete, any time I hear the word undefeated, it just triggers these things in my head of being great, being the best. So good copywriting title on Philip Stutz's part for this. But let's get onto this. And again, I read this book last week, thought it was really awesome. And we're going to talk about five steps to solve anything. So like I said, 
The name of this book is The Undefeated Marketing System. And the subtitle is How to Grow Your Business and Build Your Audience Using the Secret Formula that Elects Presidents. And so basically, let's just start off with this. We can all agree that the future is going to be based on data. The future is going to be held by the people that understand data and know how to leverage it to the fullest. When you see social media, when you see all of the most valuable companies in the world today, you would think that's okay, that makes sense. But what does that actually mean? What does that mean about data? Well, it is basically taking everything that is going on around us. We live in the age of information now and harnessing it and putting it into actionable, meaningful steps that people can use and leverage to solve problems. So mark my words, I will say this here today, I'm sure other people have said this, but data will rule the world in the next 100 years. And so maybe where land, well, I still think land will always be valuable. But if we think back to the 1800s, maybe it was land that if you owned land, you ruled the world. Maybe if in the 1900s, it was political power. Well, data arguably is becoming more important than any sort of physical resource, political power, anything like that. If you harness, use, capture, and leverage data, you will have the keys to the kingdom in the future. And on top of that, if you can communicate, so if you can communicate what that data means is going to be more powerful. And the people that succeed will be the ones that know how to leverage this data. And basically think about data is the hidden architecture around us. And some people may have a brain that understands this better. And some people, it might be harder to wrap your head around. For me, more of a math brain person, so this makes sense. But we can think about the data as this hidden underlying architecture that surround us. And you can, you've heard of things like the Fibonacci sequence, that there's the divine ratio. And if you look, math is just a reflection of nature. And so this whole idea of math and everything that we have, numbers, all these different things, is just an interpretation and reflection of how we see nature. And it's codifying in that into something that standardizes numbers. And then we go to the next step further, which is where we have emerged in the last 50 years since the advent of computers, artificial intelligence, the internet. And this data starts to underlay and formulate this hidden architecture where we can make sense of the world. And that's why we have so much of the world changing so fast. What I like about data is that it's truth. So in a world where there is misinformation, disinformation, tons of crap out there that can distract you and distort reality around you, at the end of the day, data is truth. So you can hear someone talk till they're blue in the face and tell you something, tell you lies, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, the reason data is so important is because it is the truth. And what we can do is use the data to interpret this underlying hidden architecture that lies around us and whatever it is, business, life, relationships, hobbies, et cetera, et cetera. And we can use it to get closer to the truth and closer to the truth of what we want for our lives, what we want for the world and how we want to build the future of the world and what that is going to look like. So that's why data is so important. And you're going to see as we go through these different steps, how important it is to incorporate data. Also, I wanted to talk about this just to preface before we get into the steps. We are obviously in an accelerating pace of change in our world today. So the future is only going to be faster and faster. So think about this. Probably five or six of the most valuable companies in the entire world did not exist 25 years ago. That is absolute insanity if you look at it on the timeline of history and how things 
have changed and evolved. So the most companies in the, the biggest companies in the world, most valuable companies in the world now, they are harnessers of data, which is kind of crazy because they're not necessarily based on anything that's real in terms of natural resources, land, et cetera. But it's all in this hidden underlying architecture that exists on servers and in the intangible realms, so to speak, between computers. And so as we have an exponential growth in data, it accelerates the pace of change. And what's going to happen most likely is humans start to integrate with artificial intelligence. A lot of this data that is data that's currently siloed, so you may have one company that has data in one place and another company that has data in one place. Eventually, these are going to get bridged together where you're building this data on top of each other, and it's going to become removed out of these silos and bridged together so that it works together, and then that's going to accelerate things even more rapidly. And so why does this matter? We have to be ready for the coming changes to adapt. So we have to be ready for this change that is coming in regards to data and how it's going to affect our day-to-day -day lives. And this is going to get us into how do we solve problems going into the future. And so step one of his process is to, and again, we're understanding this through the marketing framework and lens. This can apply to anything in life and I'm gonna talk about that after. So what do we do in step one? We take a deep dive into our customer data. So if we're a company, we're trying to solve a problem for a customer, we have to get into that customer data. What we want to do is know everything about our customer before actually going after them. And so say that you are a skincare company. Well, a lot of skincare companies, they say, who's your target customer? And they would say, well, it's moms over 40. Now, that's a start. But what he talks about in step one is getting extremely granular in understanding. So an example, instead of having moms over 40, we'd have moms over 40 that drive Lexus SUVs, shop at Whole Foods, watch XYZ Netflix series for two and a half hours per week. If you understand your customer at that deep of a level, or in the case of just life in general, if you understand your problem at that deep of a level, how much better are you going to be able to craft a strategy and implementation plan to solve that problem. And the key here is to always focus on what the customer wants. And that's in business and in life. If we are customer oriented and always going to back, back to what do they want, that's what's going to make us successful. Now, step two is about taking that data that we have and then building a data backed plan. So what we wanna do is use this customer data to, co to come up with a plan to meet customers where they are at. And so we want to go to customers and get inside their thinking before they even know it. And what we do is we come up with the most effective ways to reach the customer based on their profile. So if we understand our customer, we're going to understand where they're spending time at, what ghettos, what silos, what corners of the internet or the real world are they existing in and how can we go out and meet them? And that's where we're going to use that data. And step two is about building a plan to go after and find those people. And ultimately this is about bringing what you do. So what your product or services or whatever you show up in the world as and bringing it into alignment with what your customers actually want in the world of business. It is unbelievable how many people do what they do. And I'm guilty of this myself, my own business, they do what they do and then don't actually align that with what the customers want. And this the re really good example he uses is a pest control company. And 
this pest control company was plateauing in their growth. And the, the reason is that they were offering discounts to people and people that needed pest control didn't necessarily want discounts. They wanted to be seen as having something that is valuable and bundling that together and increasing their status. So understand that one of the most important things we can do once we understand our customer at a really deep level is bring that into alignment, bring our product or service into alignment with what they actually want and not what we think they want. Now, step three is all about creating data-backed messaging. So this is where we're going to come up with words and vocabulary that resonates with our customer. And this is getting to the idea of speaking to our customer and getting inside their head before they even really know how to articulate that what is what they want. And we want to do this like no one else has before. So what we do is we create an image of our brand that resonates with they, what they want. And so a lot of people, when you're trying to start a business, we have all these fancy ideas about how do we create our brand? How do we create our message? And we want it to come from what we think would be really cool. While that's well and good, and while it takes a certain amount of creativity in order to build a business, we want to build that brand around what customers actually want. So again, go back to the idea of offering discounts versus op offering bundles and increasing the status of people. Why do some brands not have to compete on price? Well, it's because they speak in a way that resonates with their customer, with what they want, and it can command a higher price and a higher premium. And that's what we're doing here as we're using this data. Remember, moms that drive Lexus SUVs that shop at Whole Foods and watch a certain Netflix series for two and a half hours a night to create messaging around the lifestyle and the needs that they, they want met through our product and service. And then step four, we are going to test this data back messaging. And the cool thing about the technology and information systems we have now is we can do this in a small way without breaking the bank. Whereas at one time it might've been much harder to do and larger companies may have been the only people that can afford this. And the reason we do this is we wanna see what works and do doesn't work. As much as we can go into the data and targeting and understanding the infrastructure of the problem we're trying to solve, ultimately we're not gonna know until we do micro testing. And so we don't know until we try. And this is only gonna work if we have done one steps one through three properly. So if we go through steps one then three, one through three, and we don't get a very deep dive customer profile built, we don't build messaging around what they actually want. When we're testing, it's not gonna work. And what we do here is we wanna go through these, we wanna eliminate what fails and then scale what works. And again, this applies to your own life. I'm gonna talk about this a little bit more, but we're looking at this through the way the book was written. And then finally, step five is we're gonna launch the campaign. So this is continual, it's not a one-time thing. So we're always iterating on this. But basically the idea of step five is after we test and we put in a message that we're going to launch and use it as a campaign to help generate revenue or whatever it is for our business, we're going to scale this, optimize, evaluate, and re repeat. And the whole goal of ultimately launching a campaign is we want to build a database of customers that we can turn into repeat customers. One of the most important parts of business that everybody gets is yes, it's great to have first time customers, but the cost to acquire a first time customer is extremely expensive relative to what it costs to do repeat business with customers that you already have. Not to mention repeat customers that you already have help you build 
a better profile as we go through these steps to understand what your customers actually want. And you are light years ahead of other people that may be starting out. And so really the goal of any business is to not only make sales, but then to turn those sales into repeat sales and build a loyal following of people that identify and resonate with whatever, whatever your brand is, whatever your product or service you're trying to sell. Now, you may be wondering, how does this work in real life? So why does this matter to my real life hunter? Why is this even a thing? Well, obviously we talked about the business side of that, but if we look back, and again, this goes back to the hidden architecture of all these things, there's five, these five steps can be applied to anything. So let's look at a fitness example. Step one, we're going to collect data. So say you want to lose 25 pounds. Well, the first step we need to do is collect data about how we're living life that is causing us to be overweight. So step one would just be to count the calories. We're not going to change anything. We're not going to do anything different. We're actually just going to evaluate and get a very detailed process in of how we count the cal or counting calories and understanding what our lifestyle is. Now, step two is going to be build a data back plan. And so this is going to say, okay, I'm bringing in this many calories. In order to lose weight, I need to get my calories down under this certain amount. Now, there's a lot more that goes into this that we could talk about, and fitness is going to be a very unique and individual example. But again, it goes back to the framework. Now, step three is building the messaging. So once we have this limit for calories in place, now we need to understand why. We need to understand the reasons, the vocabulary, and the rationale behind why we're doing this. And this is building the messaging for ourselves to understand and conceptualize why we are doing a certain thing. And so we have to develop the reasons why you want to improve your health. Do you want to be more attractive to bring more attractive people into your life? Do you want to be healthier so you can spend more time with your family and have energy with your family? Do you want to live longer so that you can provide more value to, to the world? All those are great things, but you have to develop that and codify it so that you have a why for what you're doing. And then step four is going to be, we're going to launch the new habits. So we're going to start eating based on that plan, start doing those things. And then step five is going to be launch. And ultimately, once we hone in those new habits and understand the meal timing, the meal prep that we have to do, we're going to launch that. And ultimately, this has become our healthy lifestyle. Then we're going to go back and evaluate. And hopefully, we lose weight because our plan for steps one through three was put properly in place. Then we're going to see how it works across our life. And then we're going to evaluate how that works. And maybe we need to decrease the amount of calories that we're taking in because we're not losing enough weight. Or maybe we're losing too much weight. So we want to increase the amount of calories. But this is where we get into the optimization and launching of it. And so you see here, all of these steps can work in whatever problem we're trying to solve in life and understanding that when things seem really hard, because I struggle with this all the time. When things seem really hard, how do I get what I want out of life? How do I accomplish the things that I want out of life? How do I get the most out of what I'm doing? You have to build a framework around understanding it. And that's why I thought this was so powerful is because it has these five steps that makes it really simple to understand, oh, this is how I get from point A to point B. You know, so much of life is we have point A that we're at and then point B where we want to get to. And we don't know how to cross the chasm in between those two things because there's a lack of framework. There's a lack of discipline, whatever it is, we can't get there. And we're always right there. We're always, we know what we have to do. And then we fall back into doing things the old ways. When we have a system like this, 
And there's lots of different systems, lots of different mental models. But this is just one example, one that you can implement where it's going to help you. And so how do we summarize this? If you can drill down anything from this episode, five steps. Step one, collect data. Step two, build a plan. Step three, build messaging and purpose around that plan. Step four, test the plan. And step five, launch going all in with everything you have. If you can codify and bring back everything in your life into those five steps, it's going to make your life so much better and so much easier and so much more well-rounded and so much simpler and kind of, it's like getting the gorilla off your back. That one pestering thing that's always there that's weighing you down. If you can implement these five things, it's going to make everything so much more systematic. And as a person that is a systems thinker, or I strive to be a systems thinker, this really helps me in whatever it is, whether it's I'm trying to create a business or I'm trying to, like right now, compete in a bodybuilding competition. I'm always running through these steps and adhering to them as I go through and trying to achieve my goals. And so one of the quotes that I read from the book, modeling successful ideas is the smartest way to do anything in this world. Philip Stutz. Think about that. Everything is already out there. A lot of times we struggle, and I'm speaking to myself as much as anybody is this. A lot of times we struggle with all these things in our life because we, we have to figure it out. 99.999% of the time, somebody has already been through whatever you're going through. And although it never feels like that, it always feels like we're the only one that has to deal with this. We're the only one that may be going through this right now. When we go out, when we open our hearts, when we open our minds, and we say, I need help. We can understand that modeling successful ideas is the smartest way to do anything because we can model people that have done it before. And when we do that, we're going to learn our own lessons and incorporate our own insights and value into the world in a way that no one else can. And so that's what's so important about being a human is understanding how we learn is seeing other people do things and then testing and using our own skills, abilities, practices, insights, whatever, into building something that hopefully changes changes the world and then ultimately contributes to the world down the road. So that is what I have for today about the undefeated marketing system. Hopefully that was helpful to you guys. I know this book is really powerful. If anything, I would just say go check it out. It is on Kindle. I think I got it for like a dollar on Kindle because it was just launched. I don't know how much it is now. But if you want, check it out. It was very powerful. And I think really something that a lot of people should read. And whether you're in the world of business, in the world of marketing or not, it was really fascinating. I also get to see how this applies to the world of political campaigns, which is something that affects all of us, especially if you live in the United States. So that being said, my sincerest thanks to you for listening and staying to the end. If you have any sort of feedback, any sort of recommendations, let me know. I always look forward to hearing from you guys and I will talk to you guys next time. Peace.